Hello. And welcome to The Dish, a connectivity business news podcast. My name is Madeline Durrett, Associate Editor at Connectivity Business News. And today we're speaking with Rick Flober, Vice President and General Manager of Defense and Intelligence Systems at Hughes Network Systems on Hughes' 5G satellite network for the DoD, the value of software-defined networking in cybersecurity, and the role of IoT in networks. Rick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Madeline. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So I want to get started um, talking about last year when Hughes was named a prime contractor by the Department of Defense to deliver a private wireless 5G network for the Naval Air Station on Whidbey Island, which was officially launched last month. What is the significance of this achievement? Well, the uh, DOD has uh, a lot of interest in uh, 5G technologies as a follow-on to uh, wireless LTE. Um, some of the some of that interest is driven by the, the uh, increase in speeds that you can get with 5G, uh, lower latency with 5G, and the ability to do things like edge uh, computing. So they set out to um, basically award a bunch of uh, prototyping and experimentation contracts, and we won one of those contracts for about $18 million. Uh, we just did the ribbon cutting uh, for it uh, about a month ago, and now are handing it over uh, for operations uh, at Naval Air Station Whidbey. Thank you. Um, so the contract was originally awarded last year, and it, the service just launched. Did work begin right away? Yeah, the, the uh, work uh, began right away. We have to do surveys. We have to do system-level design. Uh, we had some supply chain issues uh, with some delivery, uh, but we're able to uh, get all the equipment in and uh, and configured. We're working with a uh, all-American team, uh, JMA, uh, doing the uh, uh, the radio network, uh, Cisco uh, doing the core. A company named uh, Boingo did the uh, work on a survey and installation. And then Dish Networks, uh, we worked with them to uh, use some of their uh, spectrum that they had bought uh, in that area of the country uh, for the uh, basic uh, connectivity. What were the, some of the challenges of working with multiple partners on the development and implementation of this service? Well, keeping uh, a solid communication line is, is always important, and uh, particularly with COVID, we, we had to do uh, – quite a bit over uh, Teams calls and, and not as much face-to-face -face as, uh, as we would have liked. Uh, this particular network is what we call a standalone 5G network. Uh, we believe it's uh, one of the first of, it, of its kind, so that presented some, some challenges. And when I say standalone, I mean that we're not adding to an existing 3G or 4G network. It, it's pure 5G uh, standalone type operations. And at what rate is the 5G service expected to improve the delivery of communications, particularly military communications? Well, you're probably seeing it on your uh, personal uh, personal devices now, the 5G logo uh, lighting up. So it is starting to uh, 
build out uh, across the country in in various bands. But for the DoD, I, I think uh, really what is unique is uh, some of the uh, applications that they're putting on these 5G networks uh, because of the the speed and the lower latency of 5G, uh, you can do a lot of computing, uh, what we call edge computing, uh, a lot of processing of data at the edge and uh, not sending so much data back to the cloud. So we have a variety of applications uh, that are being run uh, at Whidbey, you know, including uh, how fuel trucks are uh, routed to uh, various airplanes being refueled, uh, inspection of airplanes after they they fly uh, for defects and we think all in all it's going to greatly increase the efficiency of uh, flight line operations thank you um is there a particular technology or infrastructure that you anticipate will see the most demand in the coming years in military satcom well i think it'll be we'll start with the uh, base base infrastructure uh, a lot of these bases are in, you know, more remote areas, and, and the coverage is, is kind of spotty, you know, as, as it is. So uh, I, I think the uh, base infrastructure is, is a good application. A lot of the bases are somewhat dated in their IT, uh, IT infrastructure. So instead of rewiring a base, we, we can do, say, a whole lot uh, wirelessly uh, with 5G networks. We're also seeing application and tactical uh, applications. Uh, for example, uh, ruggedized 5G uh, base stations uh, going out into the field, uh, going onto ships. Uh, so I, I think we'll see it really across the board within the DOD. Thank you. I'm kind of segueing away a little bit. Hughes' parent company, EchoStar, recently began the construction of its global S-band network which enables defense communications across mobile, machine-to-machine, -machine, and IoT applications. What is the potential impact of this network on defense communications? Well, this network initially will, will be about 28 satellites operating in S-Band. Uh, we have global rights uh, to, to S-Band, and it'll be uh, a narrowband uh, communication system, so low-right data, uh, texting, IOT. Uh, we are getting military interest in it. Uh, they have existing narrowband systems, uh, particularly one called MUOS, which has had, had some problems and been delayed through the years. So uh, we see that as an adjunct uh, to that system. But primarily, I think the DOD sensors uh, and IOT applications uh, will be where we'll see some of the use. And Astro Digital will be manufacturing the satellites for the network. Will they also be responsible for integrating the software to find radio capability? Uh, that that'll probably be done in in partnership with some other companies that have uh, software to find radios that are uh, space qualified. So they'll work together with Astro and with uh, Hughes EchoStar to put the proper waveforms on for the initial network. And will this network be used? Um, I know that EchoStar's Australian subsidiary is operating the satellites. Will the service be used by defenses worldwide or regionally? 
I think it, it will be global because it, it is a LEO satellite, so we, we will have uh, a global coverage. Uh, we also help hope to build on the Constellation um, and, and increase it to a couple hundred satellites and really start moving to what we call NTN, non-terrestrial networks, or 5G, you know, in space. So these, these satellites will actually be able to talk to 5G enabled uh, phones uh, at, at higher data rates than our initial constellation. Thank you. And I know that these satellites are in LEO, but I saw that Jupiter 3 is expected to launch um, next month after a few delays. Will this enhance defense networks as well, or will it primarily be used for commercial networking? Uh, Jupiter 3 is, is primarily a, a commercial uh, application specifically to consumer Internet, uh, those uh, in parts of the country that, that can't get uh, fiber or, or cable. And it, it will extend uh, from the U.S. In, into some of the Americas, uh, Central America. Uh, we're, we're starting to cover South America with, with hosted payloads on our network. We do see military application for uh, CONUS uh, type uh, bases, uh, for example, uh, Army North, uh, National Guard, uh, FEMA, that, that type of thing for uh, basic connectivity. So would you say that all in all um, defense applications, they, they call for low-Earth orbit satellites, but um, – there's there's a greater value for geo and widespread commercial communications. Well, each orbit has its advantages and, and disadvantages. Uh, so geo and leo, uh, Hughes views uh, both as as important, and we we look to use software defined networking to actually switch between uh, geo and leo and even terrestrial transport. So GEO, for example, has the ability to put a lot of data into a concentrated area. Uh, LEO has advantages in that it will cover the poles and is a lower latency. Thank you. Um, on, this, on the topic of software-defined networks, will you expand on how this technology can be used to build resilience in DOD systems and support anti-jam capabilities? Yes. Hughes is a, is a leader in the software-defined uh, uh, networking, have been using it for, for many years now. And what it allows you to do, since, since most communications today is, is packetized, uh, IP-based uh, uh, versus circuit-switched, it allows you to, to break that, uh, that data stream you know, into small packets and software-defined networking lets you route those packets over different transports. So if uh, I have uh, latency-sensitive uh, communications, I may route it over a LEO network. Uh, if it's very, very high throughput and I lean a lot of data, I may uh, route it over a GEO network. And, and it's not an either-or. It, it can be both. And, uh, you know, the packets can be routed uh, just about any way uh, uh, we want to. Thank you. Do you ever see a value for um, a MEO network in defense communications? Yeah, we are working uh, on MEO networks. Uh, primarily, there, there is one today owned by 
SES called Empower, and we have adapted uh, uh, many of our modems to work over Empower. So, so yeah, uh, Mio is certainly part of the mix, the mix, just as uh, terrestrial is. And what when you do that with software-defined networking, you you build resiliency because you have those those choices. Uh, Thank you. Um, and kind of on the same topic, Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, commander of the U.S. Space Forces Space Operations Command, he said last year that cyberspace is a soft underbelly of our global space networks. With the increase of commercial satellite networks playing a role, what have been the biggest technological challenges in developing the global S-band network, especially given how vulnerable satellites can be to cyber attacks? Well, everybody is, is working hard to uh, uh, prevent cyber attacks and, and design in uh, defenses against those. For example, uh, typically the uh, control of the satellites is uh, highly, in, uh, highly encrypted. Uh, so that that cannot be uh, uh, abused. Uh, there are a, a string of tools that we use. We, we have a uh, security operations center that is uh, operating, you know, 24 by 7, and just looking at the data and looking at the network uh, for for those type of uh, attacks. So I think the military is really using a lot of the same tools uh, that commercial industry is. And through the use of software-defined networking, you you can uh, actually help against some of that because it's it's not certain which path uh, the data may be operating over. So, for example, if you were going to jam a satellite communication system, you're maybe not sure, you know, where that data is and what exactly you would need to jam to prevent it. Thank you. Um, and for for my last question today. If you could leave our subscribers with one message um, on defense communications, uh, what would you say? I would say that the, the DOD needs to spend a lot more time and money on, on network management. As, as these systems become more complex and we, we have multiple orbits and uh, multiple transport types and software-defined networking, it's going to be important to have uh, a system that uh, manages them very, very efficiently and effectively uh, so that you get high-quality communications. And that has been an area that I think the DOD has, has lagged in uh, over the last few years. And uh, they are looking at a couple of programs uh, to uh, help improve that. And, and Hughes is very interested in working uh, those uh, various programs in the network management area. Thank you. Would you say you're optimistic about the direction that's going in? Do you, do you see them kind of stepping up in the coming years? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of talk by the DOD over the last 10 to 15 years and increasing the use of commercial technology. Uh, we, we'd like to see it uh, happen faster. Uh, the Space Force recently stood up a commercial services uh, division, and we're excited to see how that works out. So, yeah, we are optimistic, and uh, we agree with the DOD that commercial technologies are going to be key in any sort of uh, future conflict. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for today.
Thanks again to Rick Lober, Vice President and General Manager at the Government Defense and Intelligence Systems Division at Hughes Network Systems for joining us. This has been The Dish Podcast by Connectivity Business News. Thank you, Madeline. Enjoyed the discussion.